0: I got 99 problems, but uh, ain't one. If you have a girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but uh, ain't one. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me. <laughs> Tyler. Yeah. Tyler.
1: I don't think oh, anybody's yeah. done, Jay-Z, no? <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, and, and with, I
0: probably shouldn't. <laughs> and with no
1: swearing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he automatically uh, he, bleeped it out. Yeah, being <laughs> sensitive to that. Wow. Uh-oh. Uh, would <laughs> the significant other be listening to this show? Possibly? Oh, yeah. She'll be listening. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. Best behavior, Carlito. (laughs) (laughs) Best behavior. Okay, so we got Tyler Stott back from Stott HVAC Systems. So, website is uh, www.stotthvacsystems.ca, and his email is tyler at stotthvacsystems.ca. Instagram handle is uh, Stod HVAC Systems. That's it. That's it. You are back on the show after a little while. Lots of changes, lots of interesting things, and bigger, more work, more jobs, more everything. So, obviously, it's clear as day that today's show we're going to talk about painting.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're going to talk about our four letters, which are H, V, A, C. Okay. Right, so we're going to talk about uh, lots about HVAC and also uh, uh, products and services and all kinds of stuff and oil, oil. I don't know. What you guys <laughs> yeah, that's a good that. one. I don't know about that
0: one, but so Tyler, how you been, man? <laughs> been good. Been busy. It's been a busy couple years since I was on this show last. I think it was uh, <clears throat> the fiftieth episode we did. Wow. And what are we on now? Which one's this? 100. This, this There's is well, This
1: is going to be one ninety-five, but oh we're God. heading our way to two hundred, hmm. right? But uh,
0: 50th show, really, huh? Yeah, I think it was the 50th.
1: We were just new kids then, eh? <laughs>
2: new kids in the block. We're more like and right now. Old kids on the block. <laughs> That's what it was. Old kids in the block.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so l- let's give the listeners a little bit of... Um, I'm actually really happy about your show, because I was taking a look at some of the data, and your show is, like, top four. What? Most listened to show. Wow. Holy I've cow. been seen, and I just want to let people know, and I still have a conversation with Jeff and everything from... Uh, uh, plumbing, GL Plumbing. He's he's number two, and I've been watching mechanical trade podcasts of ours jumping right to the top. Why is that? You tell me. Some I don't kind know. of
2: mechanical connection? I don't know what's going
1: on. <laughs> I don't, but I guess maybe so much great information is shared, and people want to pay attention to it. And uh, we know that the t- the four mechanical trades out there are the top money making careers trades, like HVAC, plumbing, electrical. Maybe that's what everyone wants yeah. to get to. Wait, what's the fourth one? Um, what did you just name off? I said four, but there's only three top mechanical. You said electrical. This isn't plumbing, even the middle of the night. HVAC. <laughs> <laughs> what's the fourth one? There is no fourth one. I made a mistake about the fourth one. But I'm impressed that... that nuclear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nuclear. No, I'm just impressed that there's a lot of interest in listening to these mechanical shows, which I, I'm happy about and uh i i'm 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 like i I love the data i love looking at everything and just seeing the numbers and he knows this too it's just like we love doing a show where everyone could just share their passion their interests and their love for the industry and then our audience is going to learn from it which is really good so now today we're going to talk a lot about hvac but i want you to give the listeners a little bit about Start and where you guys got started and how you got started and everything like that, man.
0: You want me to go right back to I don't know. I think maybe one, like, No no, no. Brief, briefly
1: talk about <laughs> your former employer where I think you know, you and I talk all the time, right? So
0: I came from like many, we worked for somebody and I spent ten years working for another HVAC company. Wanted to made lots of suggestions about how the direction where I felt the industry was going and kind of butt heads a little bit with my former employer. Nothing that never happens. <laughs> Lots of good things to say about the man. He was fantastic. He uh, he actually came down to my wedding in Jamaica. Like he was an awesome guy. A yeah, um, little bit sort of set in his ways, which sometimes that happens when you have a successful business. You don't necessarily want to shift too much, but I saw a change in the times. and
1: This would have been when, five
0: years ago. Five years ago. And okay. I made suggestion after suggestion and didn't go very far. So eventually, push came to shove. And it's like, all right, well, it's time to move on and do my thing. And that's when, uh, at the time I launched, or the time with my partner and I launched. And uh, yeah, we started just the the two of us out of a a garage and a truck and a helper. And and it sort of just has grown organically over the years, taking on a little bit more work, adding another truck, another employee. Where are you at now? Ten employees in the field. We have five trucks. I have an office manager, a couple senior sales guys that are kind of working part-time now. And uh, and then we have a couple different sub crews that roll through. I have a couple specialty sub crews that also one crew does tin, another guy's hydronics guy.
1: May I ask, uh, where is the former employer?
0: Unfortunately has passed. Uh, he died? Yeah, he passed away. Well I wasn't gonna go back. Sorry, ago, I wasn't going down no, that, that the, road. I was, he was he the was business in, though. The business the business has since gone under. About two years ago it went under. Again, so they didn't, again, unfortunately, yeah.
1: Yeah. They didn't I guess they didn't see the writing on the wall that things were changing. You well, saw it.
0: I saw it. I saw year after year, my sales, because I was at the time just a, a salesman. Year after year, I saw my sort of numbers continue to increase as the company was decreasing and losing employees and going the opposite direction. Interesting. So, you know, i was like, okay, if my sales are increasing, you'd think maybe the company would be increasing with it or at least staying sort of, you Com- know, stagnant. Yeah. And, but they were going the other way. So eventually it was like, all right, it's time to... Time to move on. 80, 80, 90 percent of what I was bringing into the company was sort of self-driven. I was like, okay, well, the numbers are there. I could probably do this on my own. And was it
1: an old school mentality? Was it just they didn't want to grow or they didn't want to listen? Or I'm trying to figure it out.
0: I think it was a little bit of that. I think it was an old school mentality. They they did very well through the 80s and the 90s and even into the 2000s. But, you know, things were changing. The re and They were very much a re and re company. So they did a lot of furnace swap outs, ACs, you know, water tanks, that kind of thing. And that turned into a very competitive market, especially around like 2009, 2010, when like the market crashed in the States. A lot of rebate programs came in, which also brought a lot of new contractors and it became a saturated market. Very competitive and margins were slim. Bad
1: contractors or good contractors,
0: both. Probably a little bit of both. Okay, but uh, at that time, I saw a market with like what you do, Manny, in the in the custom sort of residential world, right? So that's sort of where I saw the market going. Building relationships with guys like you, and that's continued business. It's more projects, and it's a specialized sort of market. And I saw you know a niche there. And that's where I wanted to head and they didn't want anything to do with it.
2: What's crazy is that you're like a dream come true as an employee. I'm trying to find somebody that treats my business, them working for me and loving it just as much as I do and wanting it to succeed. You had an employer that was the opposite. He didn't wanna listen to you, the company growing. It's so hard to hear like, and it's amazing that you saw the light and actually made the jump to realize that the boat was sinking. And it was time for you to take care of yourself.
0: Yeah, it was a tough choice to make at the time. I'd given 10 years, and I was like family with the, uh, the owner and the three sons that ran the company. It was, uh, it was a difficult choice, and it took me a couple of years to eventually take the leap. It was my wife who eventually said, all right, you know, now's the time to do it. Like, if you're going to do it, do it, right? We had our first child coming at the time, and it was like, all right, you got to go. Just
1: stress on top of stress, and, and so whether or not should we do it, should we not yeah, do it. Yeah, it was,
0: it was tough.
2: Wow, and now you're 10 guys in, like two guys a year. Yeah, it's that's been, amazing. It's been
0: busy. And a lot of people tell me, like, just, you know, don't rush it, don't grow too quick. And it's all very good advice about because so many people grow too fast and not gauge it properly and then it'll all blow up. But like, I've gone very organically here. I've gone, you crawl before you walk. Right. I haven't. I forecast every year. I see what projects we have coming down the line. You know, I'm six months ahead. I'm looking what's coming at us in April, June. How much manpower am I going to need each year? I'm like, OK, well, I think we can handle another truck. And that's what I would do. Put another truck on the road, another couple employees. And it's
1: we got a lot to talk about, Tyler. Right. I know that we, you started this with a partner. The uh-huh. partner is no longer with you. Right. And, yes. and that happens, too. Like it's just like partnerships have to be they're like marriages. I'm being told I'm not married, but I, they're like marriages. So you have to yeah. find the right one and good on your wife to, to kind of push you and egg you on, which I know that you brought it up and I want you to bring it up. Uh, our last show that we're going to be recording on this event here is about our significant others. How Carlito and I have had this idea for the longest time from where, the beginning. from the beginning, right? So it's like, you know, when he was wielding his bone and he's wearing his fur loincloth there way back in the beginning.
2: <laughs> Listen, dude, it's the number one problem. I don't care. Like, I don't. But I'm just saying. So, yeah.
1: Tyler, you want to bring something up about the significant others because we put them through so much being tradespeople in this industry, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. I my wife is a rock star. She she, she holds it down. She uh, like most mornings, I'm up by four thirty, and I'm gone a lot of mornings by like quarter after five. And she holds it down with the two kids. And a lot of times, I'll come through with the door at four or five, so I'll be gone all day. She but gets, your she operations, gets, she gets. She you're g- not.
1: You're not on the tools anymore. No,
0: no. I've, I've never been on the tools. Yeah, you, I've always been on the business side, sales. You know, business development and managing. And, and so you're waking on, up that
1: early and leaving that early and coming back that late. But oh, you're yeah, on site. Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm on site. Yeah, yeah, I'm still on sites, and I like to get get ahead of it. My guys get into the shop for around six forty five, seven o'clock, but like I like to be there at least an hour before them, get my head around the day and what's coming at us. Same thing like I do every Sunday night, I usually work after the kids go to bed and I'm up till twelve or one o'clock. Wow. planning for the next week, doing payroll, getting things ready.
2: It's a lot of work.
0: Oh, it's a lot of work. But the second one of my employees outworks me, I shouldn't be doing this anymore. I gotta be the hardest working guy in the business.
1: It's a very good point. Because but, you're uh, setting an example now. Exactly. You have right. to set an example.
0: As I say, back to the wife or the significant other. Yeah. Just uh, She gets upset with me a lot because I'll come through the door at 4 or 5 o'clock and the phone just never stops ringing. And I have a hard time switching gears from you know, business owner mode into dad mode with the two kids and getting ready for dinner routine. And as you guys know, bed and bath and everything else has to happen. I don't. Um, you don't, but you no, know, Carly he, he does bath, though. Yeah, My he bed and bath, bath so. is a different version, <laughs> different
2: version. OK,
1: uh-huh. but rightfully <laughs> so no bubbles, shit. no troubles. <laughs> but
0: uh, I need to learn how to sort of switch it off a little bit more. But uh, it's hard. Do you have two but phones? No. One phone still. Just one phone. Mm. Yeah, I'm not but, I'm not allowed uh, to bring the
2: phone in the house. Yeah, um, If I do, I can only use it in the washroom and in the bedroom
1: <laughs> when everyone's asleep. <laughs> 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 no, but uh, we do put them through a lot, and, and we're going to do an interesting show. We want to get their perspective. They're going to have a chance to just uh, uh, destroy us, I guess, and just talk about what's the truth, what we put them through. So yeah. that's going to be an interesting show that we're going to do tomorrow morning. But I want to ask you about how did you find so many qualified employees and technicians in a time during COVID when every tradesperson that we've spoken to or work with is having a hard time finding quality tradespeople and technicians?
0: oh, well, I'm having a hard time. you still
1: having a hard oh, time? Oh, absolutely. Okay.
0: Being in the business as long as I have, I've known a lot of people. I'm able to reach out to different networks, suppliers, and, and people I know in the industry. Part of my, unfortunately, my previous employer going under a couple years ago, a few of those guys came looking for for jobs at the time so like i already knew them i was comfortable with them it was a it was a no-brainer they jumped on board other than that it's the usual networking of you know going to indeed you know job posting oh so
1: you went through the indeed? yeah uh, i've
0: tried indeed to try to find Did guys. it work? uh yeah i found a couple good ones absolutely um so that some means you only think, found two <laughs> well, <laughs> what, what what i'm, the, not, I'm what, not counting but <laughs> what are the
1: uh, the resumes like what are they the interviews like what are are they truthful Are they being honest with the skill set that they do have?
0: Uh, For the most part, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, everybody sort of embellishes the resumes a little bit. Yeah, for the most part, I would say they're truthful. It's a lot of guys coming out of school. There's a lot of guys coming out of school looking for work, trying to get their feet wet. You know, they've done some co-op. They've kind of got an idea. There's, There's a lot of those guys, but you can only take on so many at a time. That's a lot of work and, and pressure on you. That's a lot of it's a lot of pressure on my leads yeah. to have to train guys that are new. And I, I don't like I. One of our guys right now came on as a co-op student. I kept them on. Now, I don't mind taking on one or two of these guys, but you can't have more than that. But trying to find qualified technicians is it's hard.
2: Are you meeting any expectations of the guys that? What What is it that you're really looking for? If someone's listening right now, wait. Are you looking for him anymore?
0: Right I'm now, o- I'm always looking. Always. Like. I I have found. Uh, if you find the right person, that you find the work for them. It's much easier to find work than it that. is to find good people.
1: It is. It's true. Yeah. There's wow. an abundance
0: of work right now. Like, we're, I'm turning down work all over because there's, there's just not enough manpower to complete it and do it right. But, yeah, if you find the right person, <laughs> you find the work. But That's brilliant. I know.
1: It's good. Why did, it, why did we mark. not hear about that on the <laughs> 50th one?
0: Because <laughs> he was still learning
1: his lessons, man. That's all.
0: Always learning.
1: Always, man. Yeah. That's construction. So are you
2: looking for more guys coming out of school? Or are you looking for adults? You're looking for young guys? What are you looking for?
0: Looking for guys with a little bit more experience. Like I said, you can only handle so many inexperienced guys at, at, at once. So guys with a little more experience, someone three, five years maybe in the trade, upwards to whatever, 10 or 20 if they're... Uh, a seasoned guy anybody listening
1: in the states too
0: <laughs> you can handle <laughs> come the on visas move down here you <laughs> <want>. <laughs> you come well, up.
1: Uh, tyler so what are uh, we want we always do this thing about construction bone to pick right so what's the construction bone to pick that you have regarding the hvac
0: industry construction heat Construction heat. Construction heat okay. I think is a big one, and I get pushed all the time by different uh, contractors. We're not going to name any names, but uh, running brand new equipment that we've installed, whether it's a boiler or furnace, to then heat the job site. Oh no, you can't do that. Oh yeah, you can, and it. <sighs> And
1: there's dust. Yeah, that's
0: a that's a big pain point for me. Yeah, I, it, I get pushed that direction all the time. And it's like, where do we start with this one? Uh, uh, how do
1: you like? OK, so do, do you get them to sign off on any damages that are done to the system or you?
0: Well, it starts with Embridge, right? So Embridge says you can run equipment for construction heat, but it has to follow manufacturer guidelines for construction heat if they are certified to do so. So now you got to go to the manufacturer and look at this with the fine print there. And then once you get that approval, then that gets put on to the contractor installing it is now responsible. So it falls on me, which kind of is a tough situation where we put in a brand new furnace. You're going to run it during drywall, which we all know is an extremely dusty Dust. part of the construction. Awful. But now I'm responsible for keeping that filter clean, which needs to be changed daily, which I'm not going to be on the site every day. So And
1: the drywallers are not doing and it.
0: And that's huh. not happening.
2: And And the hardwood guys are just as bad. Oh, yeah.
0: So what, I'm, how, I'm, do we, how do
2: we
1: handle this? How do we do this?
0: Well, I've now come to my back's up against the wall with this, where now I put it onto the contractor. And I've created a sort of construction heat sign-off that I want signed off by the homeowner. Because once you run a piece of equipment for construction, not only are you going to abuse it my warranty is now void I'm not going to provide any labor warranty on that piece of equipment because I know it's going to get beat up there's going to be problems eventually with the parts because the system is, is it's going to be abused so I put it under the contractor and make sure you tell the client make sure that they sign off and, and I was and just
1: thinking it's not just a heat it's AC oh yeah because if you are at a certain temperature in the summertime and you got to bring tile flooring in or lay tile
0: you want the AC running. They're
1: going to run the AC, which is going to create the same problems.
0: Yeah. Now I've got an air conditioning coil clogged. And it filters. Is and there filters. and? Is
2: there such a thing like, for example, I buy a new door for my customer's house. Um, I get them to put a dummy door on yeah. for a few months until I'm ready because that door gets dinged all the time. Guys don't give a shit. They're pulling it through, smashing the door. Yeah. Is there another way of putting a rental furnace that would match that type of furnace so that it can just universally kind of connect it with, like, some kind of, like, Fernco or something just temporarily to produce the heat, but pull it out. It's called a salamander. Well, no, because they don't want the gases in the house now, too. Propane. Yeah. So you're running into another problem. Electric. Because, yeah. Electric. But you can never get electric to that proper temperature. Like, never. I put heaters in. and So you as a GC, you're going to take the responsibility? No, but I'm just wondering if you've looked at a solution of maybe getting a dummy one in there just for a rental.
0: I got a few contractors now that have bought cheap furnaces that we will now install. And then when the job is done, we pull it out and you get the ducts cleaned and you drop in the new one. Oh, or, I like that. Or even Wicked. just drop a furnace sort of mid-basement and put a plenum on with a couple of PTOs or some 10-inch flex duct to drop the air around. Okay. And then that meets code as long as you're changing that filter. That's, yeah, the that's, that's the critical that's the most
1: important every single day depending on well, what's it, going on If
0: it's a 1 inch filter and you're yeah doing flooring or drywall yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah you got to change that every day I've seen filters look like they're a bow maybe wow. 5 6 inches I'm surprised they didn't get pulled right into the blower
2: <laughs> or burn yeah. the blower out yeah wow Well
0: that happens and this is why I'm starting to create these forms where like if something fails like I'm not responsible 2 years down the road that this blower now fails Contractor's long gone. The homeowners pointing their finger at me. Why did you put in this piece of equipment? It's like, well, I can't throw my client under the bus. No. Can't throw the contractor under the bus, saying, hey, well, your your GC ran the furnace all winter during construction. That's why your furnace is all beat up.
2: Ha- have you so thought about maybe just changing the motor out at every, at the end of every project, and keeping the the frame of it?
0: You, you could do that too for fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah. But But it it might be worth it because if you
2: calculate how much it would cost for natural gas and bringing in a salamander and radiant electric heat, that might just work out to be perfect.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know what the cost is to run your salamanders or rental of construction heat. That's something where... I I put put that propane on you guys. tanks,
1: I guess. How much are propane? Yeah, but it's gone up and well, propane's uh, like, gone up. Yeah, you're like talking a about dollar that. something now. Yeah. I kind of like the idea of having an old furnace. You just buy an older furnace yeah. and you just pop it in and out every time you have a job.
0: Yeah, pop it in and out, and away you go. It's beautiful. We've already roughed in the venting. The ductwork's already roughed in, so you got to spend a few bucks to have my guys come in and drop this temporary furnace and connect it and then swap it out at the end and put in the new equipment and then you take it off to the next job site i
1: mean plus as a homeowner do i really want to find out that my gc was using my brand new furnace to heat the place but they didn't maintain it properly i wouldn't want that i'd rather have everything car smelling new no no you're right
0: yeah, yeah. That, that's especially if
1: you have kids you know they're just okay.
2: thinking no just thinking like you know you're thinking oh i want my kids to have you know, clean air, it doesn't matter if you're changing the filters, you're just thinking, oh, that furnace was under that whole construction
1: job, right? Is it worth doing duct cleaning before you give it off to the, the homeowners? Absolutely. Right? Because yeah. there's going to be so much debris inside there. Yeah. Even if you don't run it yeah. and
0: it's just there for, you know, it's roughed in, stuff still falls down the supply runs, down the return. Absolutely get the ducts clean. And and there's
2: two kinds of duct cleaning, right? There's like, you know, guys come in and clean the ducts, but then there's guys that sanitize and clean. Clean the ducks, right?
0: I don't know. That's like I've good, heard that's hospital,
2: I've heard of hospital cleans. I've I've been there when they've done like an official s- liquid spray through the the ductwork. I'm just asking if that's new to me. Yeah, I've, I've never new.
0: done that in residential. Okay. That might be something in commercial industrial.
2: No, this was in residential. Just asking if that's maybe somebody that you had on your team, or that do you guys do your own cleaning.
1: Jeff was on a plumber, and he was telling me about how there's a specific pipe that's used in all the sinks in hospitals. That's uh. Uh, human waste what well, it's a, it's a gray pipe. It's a different kind of pipe that you use because you can't put all these fluids down regular ABS. So I'm wondering uh. if it's the same thing with ductwork in hospitals where you have to clean the air system in there differently than you would normally your own home. Yeah it's some kind of like spray I, I forget the name of it. Yeah. <laughs> jason uh, nobody can hear you though that's the problem <laughs> not a lot of knowledge no yeah. but it, yeah okay so that brings us to maintenance right because you guys not only install all the product you got to maintain the product yeah right? absolutely and everyone is so how often are you're supposed to clean your hrv Or how often are the homeowners supposed to clean the HRV?
0: I recommend at least twice a year. Every spring and fall is a good reminder if you want to do it four times a year. It really depends on what the environment is like outside, right? Because you're bringing in fresh air. So if you're still living in a, if you're in a new subdivision that has a lot of dust and the roads aren't paved yet and so on, and you're running your HRV, you might want to do it every month. And it's not a difficult thing to do. It's just got a couple of sponge sort of pre-filters that you got to pull out and wash and clean and and put back in. You just rinse them.
1: Is that or how do you Yeah,
0: you just rinse them or vacuum them off. And then you're supposed to pull the core out and clean it as well. So that's what we do with our preventative maintenance is we'll do that twice a year. I think on average, twice a year is fine.
1: So at the beginning, Tyler, you were talking about you had different crews handling different things. So you've got the guys that come in and just set up I guess forced air systems, the hydronic systems. There's maintenance, there's service. What else you guys got going on?
0: A little bit of small uh, industrial and commercial as well. Well, oh, you're getting into the
1: commercial industrial world now. So,
0: some small. Okay. For my, you know, like for you, for example, Manny, you, you have a commercial job that comes across your plate, and we've worked together for years in the past. Then you'll tackle then it. I'll, then I'll tackle it. I'm not out there searching for it, but if it comes across my plate and I want to still take care of my client, then we'll we'll take it on. Yeah, my That's customer service. Well, that's building a relationship. Yeah, nice. that's just but
2: that's. Not a lot of people would do that.
0: But that's all it is. It's maintaining relationships. And Which is great. That's why I think our business has grown, because that's what it's been about. Does um, that come from the wife? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's very diplomatic. <laughs> She's, <laughs> listening. She's listening. She's listening. She's listening. <laughs> <laughs> listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now my wife is fantastic. She helps me out a lot with the business, but more from the, uh, the marketing side. She comes from a background of marketing and advertising and uh, corporate event planning. She put that basket yeah, together for you. Yeah, which is beautiful. You Thank you very much. Look all, at that, Carlito. All hand-picked local Ontario products. Look at that. Yeah. Isn't that sweet? I love
2: that it's all local Ontario. Next products. Next weekend yeah.
1: we're doing another 200 event. <laughs> 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 so okay, more about HVAC. Let's let's figure out what else. What else, Carlito? I'm just interested in, in
2: what's happening right now in construction. What's the what's the new stuff happening? Like are there changes since this whole COVID? You see people putting anything new or different about their air qualities?
0: Big demand for air quality, HEPA filters, UV lights. Yeah, everybody, they were sold out all last year. You couldn't get your hand on a UV light. Wow. Uh, The the cost of HEPA filters has gone through the roof. Must just be the demand and supply and demand, like a lot of products. Yeah. The
2: black light is for scent and smells. The UV light.
0: UV UV light light kills uh, like bacteria and, and viruses that might land on the coil. Okay. air conditioning coil. And there's been a lot of new advancements in air cleaning as well. I'm still trying to get myself updated on what's out there and new products coming down. Obviously, COVID has brought this to the surface, so, yeah, there's big demand. So where are you Um, getting
1: all your information from? Because, I mean, I guess for the two years, what was that uh, CMX or CPMX show? Yeah, that's a big one. That's a huge one, but that didn't happen, and it's supposed to happen next year? I think it's
0: supposed to happen next year, but, yeah, it's been virtual
1: which is not the same thing
0: not the same as getting your hands on the product and talking to the actual reps about it and
1: kind of like this podcast eh? (laughs) (laughs) no okay so tyler tell us which which are your go-to machines like that that you like using your brands like when it comes to a a furnace a boiler ac what do you guys like using
0: nti is our go-to brand for for boilers Uh, It has been ever since we launched. Good story about that, actually. Recently, uh, like many manufacturers, parts are becoming hard. Things are stuck at sea and so on. And I had a client, unfortunately, uh, their boiler went down, had no heat, no hot water, because I had a a tank attached to it, indirect. Couldn't get the Venter motor, they told me, six weeks before I could get it. Gloria, the rep, I'm doing a shout out there, the rep for NTI actually had a unit sitting in her garage and she actually pulled out the venter motor for me drove it from mississauga drove it to our shop i actually did an instagram post on this recently yeah i saw that and and it it bailed out my client before you know now we're six weeks out still to get the actual part it's been gently used but it it was a band-aid to at least get these people hot water and heat six um, weeks is a long
1: time yeah
0: Unfortunately, okay. Now I'm kind of throwing NTI <laughs> under the bus on this one, but no. I'm getting that across the board. It's not just them; it's every manufacturer, it's carrier, it's a man that I yeah. work with, it's it's Navion, which we use from time to time in the tankless world. Uh, same thing with Bosch; like it's everybody. So same problem. It, everybody's, everybody's having. Everybody's got it.
1: They don't have that. So what are you guys doing? You, you're getting the work, you're getting the jobs, but then you can't get the product on site for the guys to put it together.
0: You pivot. A lot of times, client will like a particular product. I'll say it's not in stock. We got to go this route, or like uh, I try to stock as much as I can in advance. When I know things are coming shortages, I try to buy it in advance. But you know, I'm a small business. I can only pre-buy Store. and stock as you know as much as i physically can as well as financially be able to to buy for a what if situation so i try to get ahead of it as much as i can but sometimes you just have to break the news to the client like this particular product is not available i've had to go this route you can wait four weeks for this or we can do this in the next week
1: i i, I know that you guys have been doing a lot of space packs getting back into the older homes oh what's that space packs like the electric baseboard heaters no what no. is that you stay in the seventies, um, <laughs> no man. Space packs are units that are in the attic, that AC old homes, oh. older homes that don't have any ductwork. You can, talk you know, about what's it. crazy is I have one of those.
2: <laughs> 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 I have a Bosch outside the top. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you guys, are, people are still
1: asking for those because it makes no sense to run the f- like put up forced air right when you got a boiler system in an older home. Rads and everything.
0: Yeah, space back, high velocity. Du- velocity duckless is still. Yeah. Duckless was really big this summer. A lot really they put in a lot of duckless this year. There was big demand for that. But yeah, no, we still do a lot of space back and high velocity systems as well. That that's still a popular option to go with. Again, like a lot of products, things have gone up in price since uh, since COVID. So,
1: are you seeing it, an increase in boilers radiant in North America? I know that North America is strictly forced air. But are you seeing an increase in more clients asking for hydronic?
0: I would say almost in every custom home we do, there's a boiler plant. 90% of the time, there's, there's a boiler with some sort of in-floor heating or hydronic air handler That's mixed nice in. That's nice to hear. Yeah, right? there's a lot it's of... amazing air. Yeah, because you can do so many things with a boiler, right? You're, you're melting your snow, you're heating your pool, you're... Plus, you you're get mass,
2: earth. which is energy giving back after you've already used it up.
0: That's right.
1: I totally forgot. That's right. You guys also do snow melt.
0: Yeah, from time to time we get involved in a small job. Yeah. What's wrong?
1: I'm listening. I'm looking yeah, at you, and I'm thinking yeah. Mario for some reason. <laughs> eh? Hey, I'm a Mario. Yeah. I'm gonna win this race. <laughs> if it was your ideal home and your ideal mechanical room, what would it look like, Tyler? No, no set parameters, no delays in product. What would be the ideal system in there?
0: I think right back to the boiler. I'd probably go with a boiler plant with some in-floor heating, depending on the uh, the budget. Uh, of the project i think you always have to mix in some forced air because you still need to uh, you still need to cool your home you need to humidify sure. you still need hrv you need air movement for for comfort in the home as well and you don't necessarily want to put you know a ductless in every room so you still need to have that sort of air movement steam but yeah it'd be yeah steam humidifiers are, are good they worth well.
1: it like what exactly does a steam humidifier do-, do
0: in short it's basically like a tea kettle boiling water and spinning it into the ductwork
1: That's all it's doing.
0: And it's humidifying your home to a set point of humidity. I guess that's great
2: for expansion. Like, it prevents expansion during the the winter time. Yeah, it would definitely put a lot of humidity back into the wood and so on, right?
0: But you got to be careful with that, too. You don't want too much humidity because now you get condensation on your your glass and so on. So it's about finding that sweet spot. But a steam humidifier is a little bit more money to put in. It's more expensive to maintain. So you got to remember that. But if you're looking for 50% humidity in your home, like that's what you'll get. Where your bypass, you know, standard humidifier and a duct system, you'll get 35, 40, but you're not going to get upwards of 50 or 60 if you're looking for it. But
2: oh Does yeah. the humidity help the transfer of the heat in the cold to make it like in more intensified like it would outside weather? No, I don't no? think it
0: would do that. Just, it just it's Like you said, it's about keeping uh, things from drying out, your hardwood floors from drying out and cracking and indoors and so on and it's also for for health right yeah you don't want to have a a dry house because then it brings on things like nosebleeds and so on. yeah there's breathing problems there's breathing problems you want to keep a nice most people will tell you somewhere between 30 to 50 is ideal
1: that's the number that you're looking for
0: yeah but then that changes depending on what's going on with outdoor
1: the seasons well that must help with pollen too it must keep the pollen down when you
2: have moisture in the air it probably puts the pollen down so you breathe better too, right? Where's the pollen that's coming a, from? Oh, no, question. there's exterior pollen all the time in houses. Like, I, I, Even in winter and summer, sometimes you don't see it. People are always sneezing and coughing, and I always say, what's wrong Or your nose is stuffed, And they're like, oh, it's the pollen in the air. And I, I never see it because I don't have that allergy, but it seems like all the guys I talk to are always the weirdest times in the winter. They're like, oh, it's the pollen. And I'm like, the pollen? Their noses are always clogged. So I'm just wondering if the humidity would help maybe take some of that natural... Stuff that comes into your house that you're not, if you don't have an HRV, right? Kind of cleaning it out.
0: That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know the answer to that one. I don't know that one. I'm always trying to ask weird questions. (laughs) I don't want to ask the same questions. No,
1: No, I agree with you, Tyler. Like a boiler and then a small forced air system to run your AC, run your humidifier. That's the best way to circulate the air. I'm assuming all clients these days are asking for some sort of smart thermostat, right? Gone are the days of just a regular Honeywell, whatever, just a little on-off kind of thing, right? Everybody wants some app-enabled sensor on each floor, that kind of world, right?
0: Even if they don't want it, I still put it in. You still put it yeah. in? It's just it's just a standard go-to now with every house we do. We, we put an Ecobee in. Even if it's just the the Ecobee light, just the, the basic version, we put it in. Because it even helps me if someone's heat or cooling goes down, because then I'll just say, give me your username and password. Let me log in. Let me see what's going on. Maybe it's something simple. Maybe you've changed the schedule or you've hit a button or something. Wow. It could be a simple thing I can do over the phone for five minutes. Now I don't have to send out a tech and charge you for a service call. It's
1: amazing. He walked me through my installation, which I didn't know how to figure out. And then he oh. got me to Ben. From yeah, your house. <laughs> <laughs> then he got into some technical questions. Like, all right, let me. He was like, wait a out. minute. There's like, I, I don't know. What, there's <laughs> an extra wire. Where the hell is this wire supposed <laughs> to go, right? Yeah. We got
0: Ben on the phone with you for two hours to figure that one out. <laughs> I told Ben, too. I'm like, I'm going to have to charge for any service call, man. I'm like, you took me out no, the No, it's on for the two phone. Two you hours. guys <laughs> aren't here. You guys aren't
1: here. It's on the phone. It's on L- the phone. Little do you know he was recording you the whole <laughs> time. No, but I do like them because you get the notification. And if you want, you can reduce it, increase it. You could do whatever. You could check it out.
0: Well, it's nice, too. They even give you alerts, right? So if you're away on vacation and, let's say, your house drops below 60 degrees Fahrenheit or 15 Celsius, wherever you keep it at, uh, when you go on vacation, it'll send you an alert that your, your house is cold. And then you'll, you know, there's lots of different alerts and different home automation things nowadays, but... If you just have a simple thermostat, it'll tell you your house is too cold or it's too hot. There's something wrong with your system. So you could be away and drop me a quick email. Hey, something's wrong with the system. All right. How do we you get access to the house? Let's figure it out.
1: You don't have that in your house? No. I have rads. But you can still control it. Can you? Yes, you, you can still put an eco on Rads. rads. Yeah, it's,
2: it's so bulletproof, this old system. It's from the 1920s man (laughs) honestly it functions (laughs) it functions perfect i got crazy heat the only thing is it's ugly because we went from bigger units like big rads to smaller rads but
1: they're beautiful amazing like i love them is it worth the nest i never liked the nest when it came out on the market
0: i'm sure there's been a lot of changes since they used nest last so i'm not gonna throw them under the bus um no, because they're, actually, they're, the whole
1: premise of I, Nest is that you go to it and change it when you're feeling cold or you're feeling warm. And then you're so you're constantly going to it. The EcoBeat, you set it up and just go here. Give me this temperature and then I'm going to sleep. Give me this temperature and that's it.
0: Um, Nest works the same way. Yeah. right? Uh, I just found personally, I just uh, I found the the EcoBeat a little more user friendly. I made that change a number of years ago and i have sort of stuck with it. But they're all like learning thermostats. Right. So. You have that option. It learns your your patterns of coming and going and, and when you need heat or cooling and, and so on. So there's some very nice features there uh, with, with both systems.
1: So one of the biggest problems I have with clients when we're talking about doing an addition is explaining to them HVAC design. They don't understand that those two words are married. They're connected somehow and for a reason. I want to talk about HVAC design, how if you decide on jetting out somewhere you're changing the volume of your home now, which is changing the heating and cooling and circulation of air in the home now. So how do you guys tackle that? How do you guys – you guys got to go in and assess?
0: Well, first off, if it's going for a permit, then we got to – It's always going for permit. So going for a permit, you got to, yeah, assess the situation of the, the heating and cooling system that is there. And if you're trying to tie into it, let's say, an existing forced air system – and you want to maybe just extend some ductwork into a small addition and drop a few extra runs then you got to bring in a mechanical engineer to do like a heat loss and heat gain on the entire building and make sure that the existing system is big enough to then handle the new load if you're going to treat it as its own separate sort of system then then you only need to do like a heat loss and heat gain on the addition itself and then maybe you put on its own independent system whether it's a low ambient ductless heat pump with like an electric baseboard backup you know a small depending on the addition you know maybe you have your own little miniature forced air system of some kind but i think it depends on the size of the but addition just, I, and yeah. what is there
1: like clients listen to this show so i just want them to understand that it's i get it because this isn't a an, it's another added cost to their budget and if you're trying to make the kitchen larger if you're trying to make this main floor or the master larger or whatever you got to pay for this. you got to figure out what we have to do to make this property. The last thing you want is do this beautiful rental, And it's cold there or it's hot there or whatever it is, right? So you have to have these extra calculations done. It's important. I think it is.
0: Absolutely. You're changing the load of the house. So I just want to bring up uh, make-up air as a conversation topic real quick. Fireplaces you're talking about. Fireplaces or even just range hoods. Everybody wants to build these big, beautiful kitchens. I don't blame them. I'm going to want one one day too if I ever build a custom home. But you get into these six, eight burner ranges, which have these giant commercial range hoods, and you're extracting all this air from the house. You got to make it up somehow.
1: How many CFMs? So, no, I, I remember reading one that was an eight inch out, and it was seven hundred and something CFMs. Wow, serious. So you're chef. gonna have
0: to make up seven hundred something CFMs to bring back into the home.
1: And so, just to give you an idea, I guess a, a, a standard bathroom fan exhaust. Is at most what 130? Uh, average about 100, 100 CFMs. Yeah, 100, 100, CFMs. 50 at the. Absolute That's what's sucking most. out of there. Yeah. And now your your hood is sucking out almost a thousand CFMs while you're cooking.
0: Exactly. So you got to make that air up somehow, which introduces a whole other system. can I ask you? Absolutely.
1: you you got your range on,
2: but you're cooking, and and it's winter time. Isn't that radiant heat kind of heating the air, even though it's being pulled out at the same time?
0: The, the heat from the range, from the cooking? No, yeah. Yeah, you're heating the air, but you're pulling out air, which you're removing from the airtight homes we're building. All right. Which then basically creates a negative pressure in your house, which is like squeezing your house. So as soon as you open a door or a window or whatever, you get, you get this big whoosh of air coming in because it's got a balance.
1: Plus the HRV kicks in and starts to bring in more fresh air from the outside
0: well an hrv is bringing in what is taken out like that's that's equalizing its own on
1: its own on its
0: own like you could always balance an hrv to bring in more air than it extracts but its job is to do even Uh, about
2: the um, hrv is it in every build does it have to go in because someone was telling me it's law now that Has to be in every project.
0: I think it's in every new project. I'm pretty sure it depends on the permit you're pulling or what kind of build it is. If it's a reno or if it's new, you can still get away with principal exhaust fans. And and
2: and I get people always asking me, "Can I just turn it off and not use it because I don't want to use this? It just came with the house." So what what what's your outlook to that?
0: You can turn it off if you want. I think with new homes, the amount of VOCs and things that are coming out from all the new building products. Having an exchange of air in the house is always a good idea, and that's why they are, you know, it's part of code now to have an HRV in so the house. So it's helping
2: with the VOCs. That's Well, really, yeah, it's extracting
0: yeah. air from the house. It's removing stale air and bringing in fresh air. But it's but, even
1: worse when you're doing a wood burner fireplace as well, too.
0: Well, wood burning, again, that's where I believe, you know, don't quote me on this, that makeup air is now... Required if you have a wood-burning fireplace or an open flue. If it doesn't have its own fresh air intake, you need to have makeup air. So when you do start that fire, it doesn't backdraft and bring smoke back into the house. The the makeup air is going to help push that air up the chimney. That's excellent. Because
1: clients are so used to ordering a Wolf 48-inch stove, 48-inch hood on a what, a 10 or 12-inch hole?
0: Yeah. Ten usually for that big
1: thousand plus CFMs easily with the fireplace. Make I, up air. I really need your customers. You need to. I'm uh, just saying,
0: yeah. man. I'm just <laughs> you saying. Makeup air. You gotta. You need makeup you air. You gotta so balance the house. You gotta have a so. conversation
1: with the client. Going sure, have it. Buy that stove. Buy that whatever you want. But now this changes the entire.
2: So now well, we're
0: going
1: from four to five thousand. Like four. you were saying, an average
2: four thousand BTU was what you wanted for uh, for a furnace. And then now you're saying, like, you have to up the furnace. Oh, well, you mean the no, cost of the furnace? No, fir- the cost.
0: Oh. Uh, no um, what, well, you may actually. Uh, but usually, like, a makeup air is its own independent system. It'll be like its own blower, it's its own heating source of some, some kind, whether it's electronic or it's uh, or electric, excuse me, or hydronic of some kind, to preheat that air you're bringing in from outside to make up the air in the house. But then you're also, you got to think cooling as well. Because now in the summertime, when you run your range, the same thing. you're bringing in all this hot, humid air. Now, do you want to condition it with an air conditioner, or do you want to just let the house air conditioner handle that extra load? Like it, So you can do that it's now? It's a domino effect wow. when you get into these big range hoods because you're extracting so much air. So it changes the whole design of your, your HVAC system. So
2: you're not only just sucking fresh air in, you're cooling the air before it actually even gets to the point where it's already air conditioned.
0: Yeah. So you can either just bring it in independently and wow. like a lot of makeup air systems will bring the air back into the kitchen, maybe out through the kick of an island or or the kitchen cabinets. So you're extracting from the range hood and you're dumping air along the floor, or some makeup air is dump back into the HVAC system where your your HVAC system is doing it. But you still need to condition that air before it actually enters into the home or into the HVAC system.
1: Great point. So, so many things to
0: think that about. That uh, flashy range hood might cost you an extra ten grand in your mechanical.
1: I'll take that in Bitcoin, please. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> how do you calculate the heat loss, or how, do, how does that work in a home?
0: It starts off with a building envelope, right? Again, I'm not a mechanical engineer. I've no. done some schooling in this department, but like it starts off with a building envelope, what kind of house you're building, your, your insulation values, which way the house faces, the kind of glazing you have, and of windows and the design temperatures that's one thing a lot of people forget that i i bring up right in the very beginning is we design in southern ontario for an inside temperature in the winter of 72 and in the summer 75 where i have a lot of clients that'll say well i don't want my house 75 in the middle of summer i want it to be 70. well that changes the load of your equipment you may no longer need a three ton ac you might need a four ton to hit those sort of temperatures. So oh, a I lot of people forget that, eh? that right from the very get-go. Yeah. Or uh, we'll, we'll build the system and we'll have uh, a unit there designed to hit 75 and we'll be in a heat wave. And I'll have a client saying, my house won't go below 75 degrees. And I'm like, that's what it was designed to do. That was from right the very beginning. Your system was designed for 75 degree indoor temperature. So I bring that up. Usually when I see a set of plans, I say, is your client aware that this house is being designed for X temperature? Maybe ask them what kind of what's their comfort? Where do they want that temperature to be in their house in the middle of summer during a heat wave?
1: That's a good point.
0: It also brings up the conversation of you should never go from 100 degree air temperature outside to 70 inside. Or let's, you know, if we talk Celsius, you know, 40 to 20, uh, you know, you can get an air conditioning cold. Your body can't adjust that quick.
1: That could yeah. happen. Oh, yeah. Because the way the house is inside versus the way the, the temperature is outside.
0: There it doesn't happen to everybody, no? but wow. it, you can get an air conditioning cold if you're coming from an extreme hot, humid day like we have in the middle of summer here in Toronto. You go into a house that's freezing cold.
1: I want to talk about air circulation there, Carlito. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm no, glad you said that because I have some air for you. <laughs> uh, here we go. So you wanted to bring up, Carlito, about cold air returns. Just recently, my wife works
2: for uh, a very large developer I have been pushing her to use products and discuss it with her boss. Uh, her boss is very open minded, builds very, very beautiful homes, you know, five million plus starting, at, and that's townhouses. So he's using the best of everything. I've kind of led them to area events, and they love the floor, ready air, 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 put uh, the forced air. They love the area events, but the inspector stopped them. And is preventing them from using area returns because they're saying that it's only producing five percent of what really it needs a hundred, just say, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not putting enough air movement in. So they're saying for area for every area return vent, you need to put like ten in the house. Wow. Versus using one or two returns on every floor. You know, some people like returns in every room. I know some people that like the air movement completely, but just say that a typical house might have only two inside of it, upstairs and downstairs. They're saying for every one normal, you have to put 10 area return vents in. Is that true? It must obviously must be true because the inspector didn't pass it and made them change it, which is kind of heartbreaking for me because I love area. And I, and I love the look of it, but what's happening now is the facts are the facts. I can't have my customers have something that looks good but doesn't function properly.
0: Well, I'm glad you brought this up. Uh, I'm not going to comment on if it's true or not, a 10 to 1 ratio of area events compared to your standard return air. That's what the um, inspector said?
2: He said that it was only producing 5% of what it had to do. So he was like, "You need to put ten more of these in if you wanted to, if you wanted to, in if you fairness, want to I keep think them." Uh, the I, inspector is not a mechanical. Yeah. Well, he was a mechanical inspector, so he was passing the mechanical end of it,
1: uh, and he made that's he made different... he. I mean, this is a big developer. He's not. So technically, uh, based on that information, then that means every building inspector is a GC. Listen, all
2: I know is she didn't get passed. And if she doesn't get past, <laughs> she's not going to be able to give her houses back. She. So the facts are my wife had to make sure that uh, the company knew that they couldn't use area returns anymore. OK, so sorry, I interrupted you, Tyler.
0: No, no, that's OK. It's, it's open platform here. Um, yeah, I can't comment on the ratio of five percent or however many. I, I have run area events past a lot of mechanical engineers to get their opinions on it because I get asked for it everywhere. To and, install and them. To install them or supply them. And, you know, I have a history with Area yeah. Event right from the very get-go. I, I really like the product. I think it, the industry needed it. Like HVAC is kind of a boring thing, and yeah. grills are always hideous, and this product came out, and I love that. Like, this is slick. Like, it's seamless. Like, it's, it's a beautiful thing. But does it work? And back to the return, like, I've run it past engineers, and, and some of them have said, like, in a place where you need a f- – your standard 8x14 return, you got to put in a 10x30 area because it just doesn't have the square inches of free area to get through that return to for what the furnace or what the design is. So I think it comes right back to going to the mechanical engineer and saying, we want to use this product. What do we need to do to put it in the house? And the same thing goes for the supply we're doing a custom home right now where they wanted area events where they required four by ten registers standard registers and we've had to go to uh, six by 14s or six by twelves don't, don't well, quote me on that but we had to increase the size of the area vent because we needed more to get out of the actual register to meet the CFM requirements
2: and what but, I've learned yeah. with Manny in the in the last couple podcasts we had a great a great show one night and what I learned was that engineers just because they know the math doesn't mean they know their facts. And what the city wants and what the engineers want are two different things. And what the engineers pass the city won't. On the last pro, uh, last talk we had about tiles, we were told that engineered eyes just have too much movement unless they're... Eye to- joist, Eye joist, Eye mm-hmm. joist. And I was blown away because I've seen that movement by the tubs. And the engineers are passing it, but they're not passing it to have tiles laid on them. So what I'm trying to lead to is that just because the engineer is saying something, I don't really – never really did trust engineers completely that's why there's so many things yeah. redlined and yeah. and and mistakes happen like every time i get a blueprint i got to go back 10 times and pay 500 bucks for every red line you know what i mean you're so, making friends carlito
1: no this is a fact these are real I never conversations really trusted engineers no no
2: i i you know i hire them and i expect them to know everything do they know everything no they don't because they're making mistakes still but it's okay i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just saying i'm not going to trust them the city's what signs off and allows that permit to be approved and and passed so that's uh, who i gotta listen issued
1: to. issued not approved yeah. yeah no permits are ever approved that okay, are so issued. issued
2: but they overview the engineers and many times i've had to change it so i'm just saying like i heard you saying the engineer word which is a fantastic like we want it engineered but there might be something that they're missing maybe
0: i think that's because i love area
2: too i'm, I'm a total area guy I'm I, actually
1: heartbroken to hear this news. Listen, no, everyone I mean, knows I like I'm an area guy as well too. I still feel that there should be more of a traditional looking one because not every home is contemporary looking. But I agree with you that I was I am suspect to how much air is moving there and' it's, it's almost as if you're closing down, I mean Tyler, in all fairness, are you running mostly six inch lines to four by 10 ports?
0: Most of the time, Most six inch six to four uh, by ten or four by twelve, depending again on so the gone CFM are the days requirements. Of four
1: or five. It's mostly six now, right?
0: It's mostly five or six.
1: Five or six, huh? And
0: some designs will actually show a four, but like, are you really going to bring some four-inch ductwork just for one run to a powder room? You do five inch, and you just balance it down because it's just a waste of you like have a your. Amp- you've Saturday. already got your five and six inch on site. Like, why are you going to bring one? F- you know, fittings for four inch. It's there's yeah. no point. Are you uh, seeing
1: clients say? Like, okay, the mechanical engineer comes in, they spec out this size furnace. This is how much air we need to move. And then they get the system running and our clients saying, it just doesn't feel as hot. Or is it going to take longer to get to the temperature it needs to get to? Because I think that's partially what area events are doing is that they're dampening down the amount of air that's coming through.
0: They're, they're slowing down the air as well as not enough air getting back to the furnace. So that's if, the cold if, if somebody is just putting them in without actually consulting or putting in more of them oh which wait is that's a good point
1: so if you've got an existing house and it's retro and now you're changing all the vents to them and you haven't done the heat loss you haven't gotten a mechanical engineer to come in to look at this and assess it like you're to your point with the inspector Sure. What's the typical on the main floor? You normally have two doubles, joy stud wall, uh, vent cover. One or two one for an average
0: size home. Yeah. For an
1: average size home, and then there's one in each bedroom upstairs on the second floor. Yeah. And then you got one in the basement as well too, right? So, in that theory, you would need to put more than one or two on the main floor. You'd need to put more upstairs as well to make that air move. But everybody's just changing this because it's aesthetic. It's aesthetic. But it's, it's people keep forgetting that, yeah, it's aesthetic, but it's functional. It's actually contributing to your heat and AC of your home. I yeah. concur. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and I've seen it happen. And when <laughs> you've seen what happened.
0: <laughs> Just uh, p- putting them in, in a retrofit application that was never designed for in the first place. And now you've got static pressure issues in the furnace, and it's basically you're, you're starving the furnace of air. Yeah. So now your furnace is going off on high limit because the heat exchanger gets too hot because not enough air is passing through it. In the winter time, or summertime, you're you're freezing up your air conditioning coil because, again, you're not getting the airflow. It's like having a really dirty filter in all the time.
1: Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd agree. I concur.
0: So I concur. like I've done in the past, like I said, in areas where I needed a 8x14, we've put in the 30x10s, and but then now that introduces, well, now I need two joist cavities. So some clients have put them vertically, up and down versus side to side.
1: But doesn't that also create a problem because you're supposed to keep it as low to the ground as possible no you're supposed no. to have one high one low no
0: high wall low wall. it depends on the design second third floors one you, for so you summer to, one for winter no you, you could do that too if you want to put in summer winter and put dampers in them because you got to be able to open and close them nobody but you're needs, opening up another yeah, yeah. That, that's something that was done back like in the no 80s. no my <laughs> question is
1: that if you got 30 inches let's say it's an eight foot ceiling Ninety-six inches. You're putting one on the bottom. That's thirty inches, and you're going up. Now, most likely, you're going above the baseboard, so you're going above six, seven inches. The older homes are probably maybe eight inches or something. Plus Four. the thirty inches, <laughs> Plus right? <the>
0: 30.
1: <laughs> so now you're almost at forty inches. So basically, you're at the middle point of the wall. Now you're gonna put the high wall return one, which is gonna be almost at the midpoint of the wall again.
0: That's if you're doing a yeah. if, if yeah. If exactly. you're doing
1: a high and low, so you might as well just leave that cavity open. <laughs> <could do that. laughs> or at that point, right, right? Or just do you know the old returns in the
2: hardwood flooring?
1: You know, in all fairness, though, those old returns and the old covers—they're ugly. They are. I'm sorry, they're ugly. Some of the new ones are really
2: nice when you get which the same ones? wood which, when you put the returns right in the wood and you can't see the difference. Oh, those ones there? Yeah, I love that look. It's just putting them in the right place. So you don't step through them and get but, toys down them. But
1: you know, and again,
0: free area. Returns yeah, all right. of a free area. So I get this all the time too, You know, using MDF board and, and making it a seamless return air grill in the wall. And the contractor will do a couple half-inch slots and R- so yeah, on, like three, or, three or four of them. But it's access, like, though, to get in there? Well, it's, the only time you need access is maybe duct cleaning with, with returns. But it's not enough area. It's not enough, It's the same problem with the air event. It's, it's You're not getting enough free area of air to move through that return.
1: So it's putting stress on the machine move in the air you're starving it yeah so which is basically going to age the machine it's going to wear out faster and which it's is going to fail need, it's going <laughs> to fail yeah dum, dum, dum.
2: do you uh i've never asked you this but i kind of was trying to lead to it in the before uh, we started do you still see oil tanks inside of houses and are they are they just getting all changed up and do they need to get changed i had someone ask me they said you know i, I have an oil furnace and and I, I, don't know, I love the oil. I put diesel in it, and it's cheaper. And what do you think of all that and those kind of systems? Do you still still see a problem with them? They don't need to be changed if they're working, right?
0: I think as long as the insurance company is okay with it. I think a lot of the times I swap out those furnaces when the insurance company says, insurance like, thing, yeah. you know, your your oil tank is too old; it's got to go. So people say, like, okay, I might as well switch out the furnace now. And, you know, switch over to natural gas. I see it less and less all the time in the city. I'm sure it's still big when you get outside, outside of the city where yeah. you're into propane and oil and but isn't it inevitable
1: that that tank will deteriorate and have a hole and then have a leak isn't that like it's, it's just, just so weird though because it's oil in there you wouldn't think that it wouldn't corrode but it's in, in a there. tank that's cast is it cast
2: yeah they yeah. were cast before when I was breaking them out of houses they were cast uh, I don't know if they're steel now or whatever I don't know what, uh, what are sure. your biggest callbacks right now that you're seeing Like, not your callbacks, but, I mean, HVAC callbacks. Like, not your work. I'm just saying, in general, the problems that you're seeing.
0: Oh, good question.
2: Um, He usually has one or two per show. I think it's usually. (laughs) Uh, We just had a therapist and Shut up.
0: (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I still get the same complaints uh, all the time. It's, It's second, third floor is not being cold enough in the summer. It's an imbalance of heat. That's all the imbalance is. of cooling, that's the main thing. If, if we're talking, we're not talking part failures and so on, but we're talking actual complaints with the heating and cooling systems, it's just an imbalance.
2: Someone was always telling me that there should be two furnaces, one for upstairs and one for downstairs. How do you feel about that?
0: I think it depends on the size of the home. If you have a But
2: one a, furnace can run both, though. It depends on the size of the home.
0: Yeah, I think it depends on the size of the okay, home. Okay, let's talk about size. size. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't know. Would
1: would it make sense? Because I know that there's that cutoff point. What is it, Tyler? Like thirty-five or four thousand square foot? You I start discussing two furnaces.
0: I would say four thousand. Four thousand would be the max you want to do under one system.
1: Would it make sense to park a furnace on the main floor so you could just take care of the second floor and take care of the basin Or people don't want the furnace on the main floor because now you're gonna give up some geography on the main floor.
0: Well, I think usually that upstairs furnace is in a. Second floor or an attic. Yeah. You build a conditioned room up in the attic and you distribute from, you know, the the attic and down and then you don't have any bulkheads.
1: So would you go two furnaces and split the lines or would you go one furnace and do a zone off that same furnace?
0: I think, again, it comes back to the layout of the home and the size of the home. Like if, if you're talking a, you know... A 2000 square foot home, you can do that with one system, but maybe you want to really create zone control. Then you can run a second set of trunks up to the second floor or the attic. I guess your biggest
1: issue is like everybody wants open concept on the main floor and then they all want all this glass on the back of the house. And then you've got to run lines to the second floor to service four bedrooms, three bathrooms, a laundry, possibly. It's a pain in the ass.
0: <laughs> again, smaller homes, yeah, run a set of trunks up to the attic and distribute your air that way. That way you can zone it from basement and main, and then second floor you can do automatic dampers or manual dampers and switch them spring and fall.
2: Ooh, automatic um, dampers. But when I'm
0: getting into these larger custom homes now, and I'm starting to stress this with the engineers, is stop zoning these systems main floor, basement, and second floor. Start doing it front and back. Wait, Be- say that again? Front and Let me back. understand this. I'm going to give you a scenario. Your Back of your house is facing south with a ton of glass. Yeah. In the wintertime, the back of the house is actually relatively warm if the sun is shining. But the front of the house facing north is cold. It's freezing. That thermostat happens to be in the the back of the house because that's where the master bedroom is. It never calls for heat. Now, the kids are freezing in the front of the house. That's good. So I'm starting to tell these engineers, try to design a system front and back where the load is because our houses now are being built so airtight like and built so well by you guys, but there's so much glass that the solar gain is a real problem. I've got air conditioning running all winter in some homes because the sun is just pounding on the back of the house. So we got to put in low ambient air conditioners that can cool when it's minus five degrees out. Now you could always open a window and get some air there as well, but you know not everybody wants to do that. So I'm starting to push for like, can we zone these systems, set them up so vertically
2: instead of So they're, like, working off each other, the thermostats. Like, could, it, could you put two thermostats, one in the front, one in the back, and it finds a happy medium between the two?
0: You, you could. Yeah, that's where like Ecobee or even Nest now has their uh, you know their wireless sensors that you put in and it's reading temperatures in different areas of the house. I like that, but huh?
1: You don't like that? That makes no, sense. I love it. But I haven't seen anybody do that. Have you guys installed it that way yet or no?
0: I've I, I got a few systems going in now like that. Cause that I like I, that, I, huh? I've, tried to, I've convinced the engineers and the clients and contractors like we should build it this way because this is going to be a big problem down the road because I'm, I'm seeing it and I'm dealing with it all the time. So you could go the zone route. Again, this is a whole other conversation. Uh, you could run trunks to the front, run trunks to the back, and it could be running off of one system. But then if you have a call for heat and a call for cool on the same system, there's a there's a big delay between the two. Hmm. You can't be heating the front of the house and cooling the back on the same system at the same time. So you run heating cycle at the front, and then the system has to shut down for 20 minutes. There's a delay, and then it then, Throw cooling on the back of the house.
2: Saying in a perfect world, two thermostats, picking a condition and equaling it out is fantastic. That'd be the best theory. But I get this conversation all the time. Where do you put your thermostat when it's a single thermostat? I can answer that one. And why? I could tell you my, I can tell you my
1: opinion. He could tell you his, but I want to hear yours. I don't give a shit where you put it, because you're going to put a bunch of sensors attached to that same Ecobee thermostat. Bingo. And then you can regulate every single square inch of your house if you how want but if to. How about if you're not a, a technical person, you Dude, don't want to see that? Do you know how to that. use your phone? What's that? I do like the sensors are really cool because they also notify you that it's one temperature uh, above or below.
0: Makes okay. my life easy for air balancing, yeah. when I know what temperature it is in every room. But I'm, then I can see where it's, I need it, to let, throw. Let's the air. say I'm
2: working for someone really older, and they're not
1: interested in technology. It's the size of that cap on that bottle from I Juice know, Press. I know,
2: but I'm looking at what work is. And work this show brought to you by Juice Press.
1: <laughs> 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 no, but I'm just saying it makes sense, man. Honestly, <laughs> this is an A and B conversation. <laughs> so see yeah, yourself yeah, out yeah. of it. <laughs> We're
2: not talking about <laughs>
1: mental health anymore. Okay, you can. <laughs> Uh, okay, go ahead, Tyler, and t- t- <laughs> tell him, tell I him, him what I just said.
0: <laughs> where do you want to put your wall acne? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wow, that's so true. Yeah, I got that from a friend of ours. So I'm not taking wall that acne. One. See, um,
1: we got something good out of that whole conversation.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, that's honestly that's where it is, man. But okay, back to the old people. First of all, you go there and take down the, the antenna off the roof. Right? Uh, I'll, and I'll, <laughs> by the way, I'll take the antenna because I grow grapes at the farm. <laughs> and then get them an like Ecobee and just install it and show it to them. That's all, man. Simple as that. It's easier said than done. Uh, honestly, like it's it's out of all the new digital app and age and tech and all this other stuff, it is one of the easiest. My, my mother's got a flip use. phone, dude. She doesn't even know how to use
2: it. She's got a flip phone. She's got a flip phone. I gave her I gave her a thousand dollar phone. <laughs> She uses her flip phone. (laughs) Carlo, I don't know what to do with these. (laughs) And I'm like, Mom, I'll show you. No, please. I want my phone. (laughs) So she's the kind of person that if you came in, she'd be like, no digital. (laughs) Yeah, but she switched on TV. She'll put the antenna right in the fucking living room, bro.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And she lives in a condo.
2: Hey, and she lives in a condo. (laughs) It,
1: It has to change, man. It has to change. And it's very simple, man. No, but i just right. want to cover that because i get a lot
2: not like manny here i i do get a lot of blue collared work and a lot of people just aren't up to speed or care about technology they don't like the curb list they don't like the radiant heat they don't like all the bells and whistles i start talking they get dizzy like they're like oh, i don't want i don't care about that i just want that just done like they the very basic at times and some of those people are the nicest customers i have i just want to make them happy I'm asking the question because if I don't have someone that's willing to convert or educate or develop themselves, where the next best zit would be?
0: I know, but you know right. what, though? Like. Somewhere central. Somewhere near a return air because that's okay. what's pulling the air back into the middle of the house. So usually it'll end up in a hallway somewhere. Because then you have,
2: like, consistent air on it. Yeah. With, okay, that's great You don't want to know.
0: hide it behind a door or anything. Like, you want it sort of an open area, but you got to think, you know, you don't want it near a window or... Front door, Some front door, where no. a door is going to open and, and activate it. So the same it, with you,
1: that back. You don't want all that sunlight on it. it.
0: You want it somewhere central, somewhere. Usually, there's a return air in a hallway or something in the middle of the house, whether it's main floor or second floor. There's usually a return somewhere. If you go second floor at the stat, throw it. Second floor landing.
2: Now I'm going to talk like a pro and I'm going to, we'll put it in the middle of the house, right above the <laughs> way you return. <Yeah. laughs> Don't worry, Mama. No, Ma- you're okay your with it. Your mom me. can put it. <laughs>
1: your mom, you can install it for your mom. And whenever she says the house is too cold, Kylo, then she can call you. You go on the app and then you change <laughs> it. <laughs> Exactly. That's that's, that's, that's how simple it's going to be. Yeah, well, You'll be third-party eco
2: That's when Manny gets a call at 11 o'clock. He's like, dude, I'm sleeping. And I'm like, can you help me with my phone? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where's HVAC going in the future, Tyler? You seen anything interesting, anything different? I, I love that there's been a lot more advancements in HVAC versus what it was like 20, 30 years ago. It wasn't all that thought through. I don't think so. Because we can tell by renovating those 70, 80 years 80s homes, they weren't thinking about the HVAC runs with like three-inch lines, four-inch lines, and one stat and mm-hmm. things like that. So where is the future of HVAC going?
0: Well, there's a good question. I usually um, have
1: more than one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe.
2: <laughs> is I'm this not, just I'm a lot really of hot really air in this room? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm not really sure. Um, I guess it's, it's more like, like, like comfort. Just it, it's.
1: I guess you're getting couples... I have yet to meet a woman that is warmer than I am. You know what I mean? Like they're mm-hmm. always freezing. I could I could live in You're sleep. right. You
0: haven't talked to my wife. I in can, my car I mean, we drive,
1: it's the same thing. Oh the <laughs> best <laughs> Close thing. Close the window, had. I'm freezing. My my <laughs> <laughs> like it's gonna be comfort. It's gonna be I, I think it's gonna get to the point where in the master bedroom you can have two zones in the master bedroom. I think that's where we're gonna get to. Your side of the bed, your side of the bed. But you mean the garage and the bedroom?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think it's comforts called the a house. big one. <laughs> you
0: think what? I think th- yeah, I think comforts a big one. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of systems designing more for cooling than they are for heating. So the more and more these Good houses are being built with more glass and better insulated, like our cooling loads have gone way up. Not to mention, uh, really, all, all the you, know, it, you could look at people in the house, the amount of appliances, TVs, everything else that are creating heat gains in the home. But yeah, you're going to start seeing more towards the cooling than you are towards heating. There's technology out there that we don't necessarily use here. Um, I think it's more popular in the states, but it's chillers in residential, where we're actually what use- are those? Where you're using your hydronic lines, for example, your your in-floor heating, which we only associate that with heating. But you can actually run cold water through there and cool your slab. You can run hydronic lines like you, in walls yeah. and in ceilings, and you could actually run chilled water through there, and that'll cool the house. Twenty-five percent, right? So
2: Egyptians used uh, steam. They would get a, a chamber, chamber would allow air to go through it, and they would make steam, and that would decrease the heat. I was reading up about it, and it said like if you were off grid and you try to do that, it would it would cool the the air by twenty five percent. No kidding. Yeah. So it's crazy that they're actually doing that now with the water lines, yeah.
0: Well, it's that technology's in condos and high-rise everywhere is chillers, right? Yeah, you yeah. What well,
1: geothermal, right? Like it's basically you're taking the, the lake water, no?
0: Yeah, well the, it, that's another topic going into geothermal whether you're extracting energy from water or from like soil you know, from, yeah. from the soil, but just a a chiller which is then either running hot water or cold water through through coils which then your air passes over. But you can do the same thing with your in-floor and your radiant. And if you're cooling with the pipes you already have in your floor, then now your ductwork ends up being a lot smaller too because now you don't need to put in a five-ton air conditioner. Maybe you only need to put in a two-ton to cool the house because you're getting cooling from your slab and you're getting cooling from your...
1: It's not expensive?
0: ...hydronic lines. Yeah, you're, you're talking more money now. You're getting into chillers and a whole other... I'm just saying, hey, where's the technology oh, going? Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. I'm just kind of giving you <laughs> an idea. No, of that. But it lot could more- be coming down the road, because I saw this at the Hydronic Summit a couple of years ago. You know, this sort of technology is there. We just haven't really implemented it yeah. up here.
2: And believe it or not, like, I'm very off-grid, so as you could tell with the rads in the house, mm. but I got fans in every every room, and you wouldn't believe, like, I turn a fan on in my room, and I'm like, I can't believe how much it cools that room I walk out of that room and I'm like, "Holy cow, it's hot in this house." <laughs> like it's it's bizarre what air movement can do in, in, in radiant, right?
1: Are fans yeah. a good idea?
0: Regular standalone fans or ceiling fans? Ceiling just, fans. Yeah, yeah, I think it's always a good idea just to help move air Circulate again. Circulate air. Yeah. Move air. Yeah. If you have a big vaulted ceiling or, or something that's high ceilings, yeah, cuz your your air is going to get trapped up there. Yeah. So, you know, air movement's key is feeling the air, you know, move throughout the home. It's a big part of comfort
1: geothermal you guys don't get into that do you
0: i'm not really in the geo game
1: no i don't know if it's ever gonna you think it's ever gonna become big here in north america
2: i mean i think the only way it'll become big is if developers put it into the houses and then the people use them but for a person to do a renovation or just build a house i don't know if they're gonna use that because they don't think they're gonna make their money back in their lifetime right that's what i think it is yeah at this point but i may be wrong Everything I because I was very into I wanted to do that at my place up in uh, in Belleville. The money like I'm already 50 by the time it pays itself back. I'll not in your lifetime just be getting to that point. It doesn't. I mean, I I like it for the whole natural purpose, but it just doesn't pay the bills
1: right.
0: Not until natural gas goes up even higher.
2: Yeah,
1: has it gone up a lot? I think it has. Everything. Uh, everything's, everything's gone, everything's gone, gone up.
0: up So let's see where that goes in 10 years And you may look at the numbers and say Hey, it makes more sense to heat With, with geothermal or some other electric source At that point right? It depends on what we're paying for I might resources. start building
2: caves I thought you already started <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hunga bunga <laughs> <laughs> Hunga bunga homes
0: <laughs> Solar solar might be a big one It's becoming more popular I
1: thought solar was not like Friendly well, the, the expense to set it all up and get it all there and solar panels and heating a hot water tank attached to a solar panel. I don't think you, you correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, is it really worth it at that point?
0: I, I, I'm not in that. Well,
1: it is for me.
2: So, you well, know, you're in the middle. Of you nowhere. Know, uh, yeah. Well, I have I have two 400s, uh, two 400 watt uh, panels. I probably paid like about five grand for the, the whole setup to be running uh, as a backup. And half the time, I don't even use my real power. It's actually paying itself off because there's lots of times I don't have to turn anything. It's just that natural. And I just want to now add like a wind turbine, but that's going into something else, right? The wind turbine that night produces, and then during the day, I use my solar. But that solar runs everything. And the only thing it doesn't run is like microwaves, convectional microwaves and ovens, right? Anyways, it's pretty intelligent stuff. I just don't know the uh, garbage that comes from it, the acid, the lead. Mm -hmm. Where that all goes, the I know know that that. I have to change my panels in another four years, even though they're brand new. the 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 lenses only last so many years, and then you have to put a whole new system in. And when you do change them, they have to be exactly the same system. You can't mix systems, or you drop the wattages. I
1: don't know Mm -hmm. anything about that. Do you guys get? You guys are the only trade that can do other trade work legally. So you can do gas, plumbing, electrical, and HVAC. You guys are HVAC technicians. That's right. Do you guys make a lot of friends in the gas and uh, no, no the gas is okay in the plumbing and electrical fields, because you guys are allowed to hook up your own power for the AC units to shut off. Yeah. As long as I guess the po- you no, you pull guys the ESA permit for pull the ESA permit. We're allowed for to the- work
0: from the disconnect box to the AC. Yeah.
1: So yeah. you guys are allowed to do that, and then the plumbing for all the boiler action going on in the mechanical room as well too. So yeah, you- as long but as that- you
0: got your ticket for that.
1: Yeah, so you got to get all the ticket. But the yeah. thing is, is, that fall under the building inspection, your plumbing, will it get split?
0: Hydronics versus plumbing?
1: Yeah. Does it? So when the I inspector comes in to do the plumbing inspection, he's also going to be inspecting your plumbing that you've done for the hydronics.
0: I think that would be under the HVAC inspection. Under the HVAC, yeah, HVAC, not, under the, HVAC. not
1: under the building inspection. Yeah. That's right. Okay. If you if know, if know what I'm know talking It's
0: right? falling under the heating.
1: Yeah.
2: I've never asked this question, uh, and I should know it, but I never asked it because it was just part of the all the builds or the renovation. But if you just go in and if you just go in to do the HVAC, uh, like change it all out, do you need a permit for that? Mm-hmm. Remove
1: and replace.
0: Not like if you're no, existing, no. No, no, not for just if it's just a re and re job or you're just swapping. Oh, you're out just changing furnace? the furnace. Yeah, you're yeah. Just swapping. It if out. you're
1: redoing the whole system, though. So if
2: you're redoing the trunks and. And the and the lines then back it's a to that story. scenario where you're doing an addition and
1: you're changing the yeah, heat then loss.
0: Then you should then you should have a, a permit. Lots of guys will do it without it, but if you get caught, like I I would hate to run a whole new duct system for a client and not pull a permit, and then somehow some neighbor calls and an inspector shows up, and then they ask for a design, and then what you've put in is not what was designed for. You're tearing it all out. So I get this push this direction too, like well we don't need a permit we don't need a permit and i say no i put my foot down i said no like i'm calling an engineer i'm getting this design properly we're spending the two thousand dollars to do it and then if you know we ever get called on by an inspector so on and so forth your ass is covered i'm covered i've done it as per drawings and you then your project stops you got to submit yeah and so on and so forth but i always like like nowadays like just go by the book do it right it's not the 90s anymore, where you just <laughs> slap keeps saying that. It's well, not the 80s we used to just, or 90s. Yeah, we used to just slap in systems. There was no design. It was just based on, and don't get me wrong, 90% of the time, they'll probably work just based on experience. It's that, what if you get called on it? What if you didn't do it just right, and now you got to go change things? Like, whose you're pocket's that you're of? Yeah,
2: it's it? you. What's the life expectancy of an HVAC unit?
0: 15, 20 years. Depends on how well you maintain it. And, ma- uh, and
2: maintenance is all about oiling the the the, the motor, hmm? changing the filters. No That's, more oil. Uh, no more a, oil. It's no, not a car. No more no. squeaky, squeaky, squeaky. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's not a car. <laughs> You're changing your
1: filters. filters. I seeing. saw
2: brand new furnaces. Was it the guy was getting a <laughs> renovation? And he just got to put a new furnace in. And um, he's like, oh, my furnace is brand new and it's making squeak noises. We're like, spray it with the lead. <laughs> <14." laughs> <laughs> he sprayed it wheel. and it was gone. No more <laughs> <Yeah>. squeaky, squeaky. <laughs> could
0: be. Yeah, I'd say 15, 20 years. Uh, unfortunately, like a lot of products nowadays, I think things are being made to expire. I'm seeing a lot of furnaces 12 years old or the board will go or the inducer motor will go. Oh, no. and, then, and then it's like a $1,500 repair.
2: What causes it to burn out?
0: Just wear and tear. Right, you got to think your average furnace probably starts up three times an hour, 24 times a day. You know, do the math. Could be five, six thousand startups through a winter. Yeah. Over the course of 10 years, there's 60,000 startups on your igniter or your flame sensor, your inducer motor. These things just wear out. It's just wear and tear. But the parts are so expensive now to replace because they're all ECM and they're all you know efficient that way. You know, fifteen hundred dollars to replace an inducer motor, or do you spend four grand for a new furnace and their ten-year warranty? People lean towards putting in a new furnace, and it's a shame because now we're swapping that thing out, and that goes off to it's the just landfill. Garbage. And yeah, but the parts are so expensive. To My replace. rads are looking
1: better every minute. I know, <laughs> but you don't have air circulation. That's the one downfall. Yeah, I mean, I do. you have a beautiful house, but it's an older house, and you don't no, have. No, but
2: the, but we have we have we have spaces under have fans. our doors. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Tyler, I think you got some competition from <laughs> Hack HVAC uh, down at uh, the, the table there. My, okay. my grandmother has windows above
2: all her doors,
1: and she just opens the windows.
2: Beautiful.
0: <laughs> a little airflow, and where you go. Throw, on, throw and on the, the, the windows kitchen are range, inside. and you get some nice air circulation.
1: <laughs> the louvers. Yeah. What else do we yeah. want to know about HVAC? What else do we want to chat about? Wait, hang on a sec. That's green book time. Oh, buddy, you've been missing all kinds of stuff. I'm sorry. He talked about it. You know what's funny
2: is he skips all his work, but he gives it to me. That's fine. We were just talking about permits. So let's let's bring up permits. What's the fine of not pulling a permit and getting caught in between your reno? Dun, dun, dun. I know this one. Dun, 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 dun,
0: dun, 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 <laughs> so, 300. <laughs> so,
2: it actually works out to be if you get caught, say, let's just use a washroom. Your washroom's 20 grand. You get caught not using a, a permit. It could be 50% of the renovation. So, it would be 10 grand. What? Wow. When did this apply? Fi- I got it. You want to read it? No. Are so, you kidding me? So it could it can be if the inspector doesn't like you and you cause talk back like Manny does, um, <laughs> you could end up spending up to ten thousand dollars of that fifty percent, or it could be two hundred dollars to, you know, like fifty thousand. Right. Um, it varies. Wow. But, so they they could give you a two hundred. They could, they could just help you. And get you like you know close it down and say listen this is what you got to get and I'll give you a fine or they could give you a a little bit better warning and say two three hundred dollars or if they think you're an asshole they're gonna say how much was that Reno oh twenty thousand and that's their markup like if they look at it they'll charge you ten thousand for that one Reno so if your house was a half a million dollar Reno you'll be paying two hundred and fifty thousand dollars you got to be really careful with permits. You ever seen that done? I've never seen that done. I've seen the job site shut down for a couple of weeks until everything got rectified and everyone got back on page. I've never seen the fine pulled. But the whole purpose is, is to understand the math and the responsibility that you have, which is to pull a permit and spend, spend a couple hundred bucks and don't go into the problem. Like you said, if you don't pull that permit, now you're not working for a couple of weeks. Not one trade can be in there. And then you're paying top dollar when you could have just paid for your permit and been covered by your insurance, you know?
0: Yeah, I agree. I so always say go for permit. Anyways, because we were talking a lot yeah. about
2: permits just now. I figured <coughs> I'd bring that up. We always go for permits. First so with you. No, mind. no, I'm t- oh. saying this conversation was about permits.
1: It sort of oh. is, but I do think it's time for oh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: um <coughs> excuse me, because Manny's skipping over some stuff.
1: Let's just do the 12 questions. No, 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 oh, no, no, no. OBC? No. Oh, history. history. Oh, we're really history. going backwards. Oh. Let's do history. History with many. And this, this would be an interesting building to do the uh, HVAC mechanical on. But uh, I know we talk a lot about uh, the tallest buildings in the world. We all know where they're going, right? So, But does anybody know what the widest wow. building is in the world? The widest. The widest. The widest building would be the pyramids.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's actually yeah. wider than that.
0: Uh, um, Not a clue. The uh, German it's, facility it's, in the Antarctic. It's <laughs> the
1: this is gonna be interesting when it comes to like the three o'clock morning on uh, the <laughs> New Century Global Center in Shenzhen, China is three hundred and twenty-eight feet high. Uh, 1,640 feet long and 1,312 feet wide. Oh That's my roughly God. 20 times the size of Sydney's legendary opera house, four times the size of the Vatican City, and three times the size of the Pentagon. Man, wow. that is some wow. Three times the footings. size of the Pentagon.
2: And dude, you That's know what? Crazy. You know what's really scary? So I've been watching a lot of pours in, in uh, China. Dude, they pour in the rain. It's like liquid concrete. <laughs> so, I would not want to be in under that footing.
1: <laughs> Liquid concrete. Well, I,
2: I was watching. I'm like, how
1: are they allowing them to pour that in that rain? So, Tyler, you never got the answer to the 10 question, 12 questions, did you? I don't think you did. We didn't start not doing that back then. So, okay, everybody, Tyler Stott I, I from so. StottHVACSystems.ca, Tyler at StottHVACSystems.ca on Instagram. Start HVAC systems. Thank you so much for coming back in the show, man. I really appreciate it. And yeah, dealing with for him, dealing with me. <laughs> no,
0: thank you guys. I, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to come back on and uh, talk with you guys. And there's so many, I just want to say, there's so many really great HVAC installers out there. I do follow a lot of guys on Instagram. So um, I'll be honest, you're the only one I follow, to well, be no, honest. I'll send you some links. There's some really good guys out there oh, no, doing stuff. No, oh, sorry, some good I made a mistake. BlackRock. I yeah, fo- I yeah, follow I've, Oris too. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, Oris is out there. But yeah, thank you guys. Was, I'm honored to even be asked to come back a second time. Like I said, there's so many good guys out there. So you got to be a part of the triple, so,
1: the triple okay. header.
0: Oh wow! But thank you guys. I there's really only appreciate
1: one. It. Um, I don't know where that's going. Thank buddy. you, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can already see them. Okay, never mind. Carlito, what is it now? Time?
2: It's time for. You're, are you skipping another one? No, I'm doing. Okay, this one. so it's the twelve questions. Or are you doing ten now? I'm doing twelve questions. Because the last one you did ten. No, I did twelve.
0: Give you me said two. Ten. God.
1: Okay, the twelve <laughs> questions. Tyler, what is your favorite construction word? A track. Yeah. What is your least favorite construction word?
2: Engineer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Tyler, your yeah. voice went uh, up. Uh, right? no, no heat. Uh, no no heat.
0: heat. Construction heat. Construction <laughs> heat. That was
1: actually a really good point, man. Honestly, I love that you brought that up. What turns you on in construction?
0: Oh, mechanical rooms.
1: Yeah, sexy, yeah. well done, laid Boiler out. plants. Yes. yes. Yeah, Manny's yeah. really into that, too. Well, oh, yeah. Come on, man. We all love that. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Pure it's like mechanical work, work porn. Yeah. Come on. What turns you off in construction? Rad's.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it right. me Nothing. I I love the industry. I love what I do, and I love being a part of it. So really, nothing. You're wow. the only then, one that's ever other said than, that. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, um, scheduling. 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 Yeah. Timelines. Yeah. Meeting everybody's deadlines and timelines. And when and so you're on. supposed to come in. Yeah, like the and how have being every, pulled the, in a million different directions. All how at once.
1: have the clients been? Have they been good? Have they been okay? Are they understanding or
0: no? Some clients have been really good and understand that we're going through since the start of COVID, and some think. No, like that's no excuse, and you're still getting bullied to. Wow. Now be there tomorrow, and but some guys have been really great, so it's it's been a mix.
2: And you want to be in before the plumbers and electricians, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. HVAC's always first. What's wrong with
2: you, buddy? Man? I'm saying it for a reason. There's a lot of guys not doing that. What is your favorite curse word?
0: Uh, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what is your favorite vehicle? Could be anything in the world.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Space Somebody shuttle. Ch- so many good choices. <laughs> uh, I'd probably fall, a, a dream car would probably fall something in the Audi line. Ooh, I just bought an A4. The, G-
1: <laughs> the Germans. <laughs> what is your least favorite vehicle?
0: Least favorite vehicle? A, a minivan? <laughs> well, you got two kids. <laughs> yeah. and it's I was better talking, than a hatchback.
1: What construction sound or noise do you love?
0: Construction sound, I love?
1: No, construction sound or noise do you love?
0: The Upanar tools uh, putting together pipe. Pro mm. Press. Pro Press. <laughs> yeah.
1: Construction sound or noise
0: do you hate? Jackhammer. That's loud. Yeah, it's loud. That's I, got little, I, got, I, got, I got sensitive hearing, so yeah, so that might be one. You're <laughs> not the only one, yeah. man.
1: You're not the only one. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day?
2: Hmm. Water polo. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> yeah, any. I just I, I really love being a business owner, so maybe diving into some
1: a new business, a new
0: business of some kind.
1: Well, you're doing well here, man. So, what profession would you not like to do?
0: Mm, that's throwing someone under the bus, but uh, <laughs> There's probably, that the, we... probably the probably the porta potty guy. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, that's right. a t- that's a tough gig. I hope that they get paid gig. well because that's not fun. I don't know if they get paid yeah. well. Yeah. I, um, I, I hope they are. I watched a
2: guy eat a sandwich and drop one off. I was like, wow. Yeah.
1: they're cleaning That's them a out. lot of Having toppings. A, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
0: Welcome. <laughs> Welcome.
1: Everybody, thank you so much, Tyler, for being on the show again. Check him out. Carlito? I think we're out of here. A boom, boom. <laughs> a that's what I forgot. <laughs> uh, no, reach out to Tyler. Uh, stothvacsystems.ca and his email is tyler at and the Instagram is at uh, systems and yeah you guys are always looking for more employees right
0: absolutely you should have dropped a beat on the intro for me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i can if you want to go back (laughs) no we got to get out of here thanks tyler
1: so much man great to see you thanks guys really appreciate it straight out of oakville